0: And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart.
1: Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Cameron Norris. Welcome, Cameron.
2: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure.
1: Awesome, awesome. Everybody, would take a moment. We're going to turn to the Gospel of John. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, the Christmas Gospel. So if everybody would just take a moment, we'd like to invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us to see what we're to see, to hear what we're to hear, and then to truly celebrate the true meaning of Christmas, the celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Cameron, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in for us? I would
2: love to. Father, we turn our attention to you right now, and we ask that your Holy Spirit be with us as we open up the Word of God the bread of life, you would speak to our hearts, you would speak to our emotions, and I speak healing and mercy and restoration into our hearts. So we turn our attention to you, and we are excited to hear what we're to hear and see what we're to see through the power of your Holy
1: Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And again, we're going to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through him, and without him, nothing came to be. What came to be through him was life, and this life was the light of the human race. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. A man named John was sent from God, he came for testimony to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came to be through him, but the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, but his own people did not accept him. But to those who did accept him, he gave power to become children of god to those who believe in his name who were born not by natural generation nor by human choice nor by a man's decision but of god and the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us and he saw and we saw his glory the glory as the, of the father's only son full of grace and truth John testified to him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, The one who is coming after me ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. From his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace, because while the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only Son, God, who is at the Father's side, has revealed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Jesus
2: Christ. Christ. Wow, there's so much in here. Uh, From his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace. Because while the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Um, as you're reading that, I felt an emphasis on grace. And I I remember hearing this before. Um, Mercy and grace, a good way to think of mercy and grace is uh, mercy means you don't get what you deserve, but grace means you actually get something that you don't deserve. So if you think of, if, if a police officer pulled you over for speeding and he let you go, he's showing you mercy you know, let you go without a ticket. He's giving you mercy. But if he pulls you over for speeding and gives you a $1,000 check and then lets you go with no ticket, that's grace. That's getting something you actually don't deserve. You see, not just mercy, but also grace. So reading this again, from his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace. Because while the law was given through Moses, Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, he came to give us something that we actually don't deserve, but he's doing it because he loves us. It's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not our merit. It's not our, hey, here's my trophies. This is what I did to earn a certain something. It's he came and he's extending this life, this opportunity, these things to us because of how good he
1: is. And I think it's important. There's a reason and a purpose for every word in sacred scripture, and it's grace and truth. And that's so important for all of us because many of us who've come to learn to know the truth need to equally have the grace to accept that there are people in the journey not where we're at. There are people in the journey that absolutely we need to see the precious son and daughter within them, look through and past their their sin, and see the truth and beauty. See. God within them. Too many times we take truth and we we, we just hurt people with it, and that's not of God. So to deliver tough love, truth without grace, to me is not healthy. It's dividing Christ. To deliver truth without love is dividing Christ, because God is love. I think for me, having the grace to deliver truth with love, with an olive branch, not stripping the leaves off and using it as a switch to hurt people, it really helps me with my pride, because a lot of times, one of those deadly sins Bishop Rhodes told me was spiritual pride. We think we've got the answers. We think we're above that person, and we kind of hurt them with truth that's devoid of love, that's devoid of grace. So for me, I think it's a real truth, The grace and truth are together. Yeah can't separate the two
2: and anytime truth is delivered think of it through the heavenly father he extends truth but and if it's always kind of with that uh redemptive arm Mm -hmm. like i'm uh, he delivers truth to us to bring us back into that embrace it's never i'm delivering truth to push somebody away or to isolate somebody, or to, to put dividing lines in the sand and say, you and them and us, that's not truth. He always extends truth with this, I, I picture it as like arms out for the embrace. Hey, bringing people together. He's, yeah. he's not here to divide, and people use truth to divide. Hey, they think this, and we think that, and we, we know this, and they think this. That's, are there elements of truth in all of those? Sure. There might be, but that is really not truth. Truth says, hey, everybody, come here, get together. And I think that's that redemptive arm of the Lord. Anytime truth goes out from him, it's, he wants that conversation or that circumstance to end with a closer embrace to his presence.
1: You know, and I think as I was reflecting on you sharing this, truth is, I robbed a store. I get arrested. I'm going to go to jail. That's a consequence, not of God punishing me. That's a consequence of my choice to rob a store and go to jail. Right. Now, God steps in with grace and says, you know what? It took you hitting bottom and going to jail for me to send that other prisoner, me to send that chaplain to you that you can repent, turn around, and now I'm going to pour my grace out upon you, and you're going to be made a new creation in me through that experience. It doesn't happen to everybody. But again, it's 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 uh grace and truth working together. So the truth is <laughs> there's a consequence yeah. to our choices. Yeah. But again, it's that grace, that mercy, that compassion that 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 helps us through those tough times of yeah. the consequences of our choices. Yeah.
2: I'm gonna go back up to the top here. Again, we're in John chapter one, verses one through eighteen. Um What came to be through him was life, and this life was the light of the human race. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So, first it says, Life, the human race, that is life was the light of the human race. So, we get to be his instruments to bring light into darkness. And you think of a Think of a battle, right? Uh, Who's going to win? Bringing a light bulb into a dark room. Is darkness going to be victorious or does light always dispel darkness? Light always dispels darkness. But it's times where we let darkness rest on us that we can walk into a situation and not be victorious in that situation. I I think 100% of the time, Light beats darkness. Absolutely. We always have to be carriers of the light.
1: You know, and as we reflect on this, the beginning sentence, the word became flesh. What's that telling us? Jesus Christ accepted the invitation of the Father to come to this earth, to be born of the Virgin Mary, to receive that blood, that flesh from the Virgin Mary. You know, it's it's prophesied in Genesis 3.15 that a woman will bear a child, This is the cumulation of that promise of the Father that in Christmas we're celebrating the Word became flesh, become a little baby, entrusting himself to Mary and Joseph, to be brought up in the Word. And, And again, for me, I'm called in my own Christmas season to receive Christ into the manger of my heart and to then enflesh the Word of God in my every action, in my every word, so that I can be, Cameron, that light in the world, that invitation to the eternal banquet, that signpost that points to the eternal exchange of love between the Father and the Son is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So as we celebrate this Christmas season, invite the Lord Jesus into the manger of your heart, and then let the Lord Jesus purge from you anything that's not of him, and perfect in you anything that is so that we can truly be the Word made flesh in the world, a signpost that points to Christ, a light in the darkness.
2: That's so precious. I'm going I'm to go back to the reading this. Uh, but to those who did accept him, he gave the power to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not by natural generation, nor by human choice, nor by man's decision, but of God. This idea of being born of God, becoming children of God—that's that born-again experience. The idea of our spirit being alive in Christ through through the power of God. Um, I think it changes how we look at ourselves. It, it, two ways of looking at ourselves are we a a spiritual being having a natural experience or are we a natural being having a spiritual experience Um, and i think reading through this scripture and pondering on those things um, it it helps us to grow Um, but at the beginning in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god And then down at the bottom again, it says, and the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we saw his glory, the glory of the father's only son. Um, Do we read the word that it's alive and active? Do do we open up the scripture and say, Holy Spirit, I want to hear from you today. Illuminate what it is that I'm supposed to see today, what I'm supposed to hear today. This is the word. Jesus is the word that became flesh. In the bit, in the beginning, it was already there. In, in Revelation, it says, the lamb was crucified before the foundations of the world. So d- do we go to this with, with a spiritual sense of hope that it's alive and active and it can speak to us? And there's things that we're going to go into today that this can guide our path, that this can light our path, that this could be a tool That we actually let the Holy Spirit breathe on to pierce us
1: inside. Yeah, and I think it's so important, especially as Catholics. So as Catholics, our godparents, our parents take us and we're baptized and we become children of God. But then we also have what's called, and that happens like within the Jewish culture at the presentation, the Old Testament. um, the, The proof of that was the circumcision of Jesus Christ during that presentation at eight days old. But then we come to that time, which is in the Jewish culture, Bar Mitzvah and Bat Mitzvah, where we are confirmed, where we take on and we say our yes, and we accept what our godparents and parents did. We accept our faith. We give our yes to the Lord and say, you know what? Yes, I want to be that precious son or precious daughter of the Father. We take ownership of what was done for us as a baby, but now we own it. and then. My challenge to each and every one of us is we claim that identity every day because it's in, through, and with Jesus Christ that we are precious sons and daughters of God the Father. Jesus taught us how to pray our Father, uniting with the fatherhood that Jesus experienced with each of us because it's Jesus Christ who lives in us, with us, and through us. And that's the power. He said he gives gave them power, that's the power that's within us, but we too many times don't claim our identity in Christ. All things are possible with God, and it's through our walk of humility that we acknowledge that it's not me that did it, but God that chose to do it in me, within me, and through me through Jesus Christ. So for me, man, I never want to forget that I'm a child of the Father. I want to do what I do each and every day of my life To the audience of one, my Father. Jesus made it real clear. He came for one purpose in this earth and one only, to do the will of the Father. And if Jesus came to do the will of the Father, then how much time a day do I take? Say, Father, I choose to do your will today. Grant me this grace to do your will. How many times do we invite the Father along for the day? Say, Father, go with me on this fishing trip, hunting trip, business, bank meeting. Doesn't matter. Jesus spoke only, listen to this, only what the Father told him to speak. So for me, man, I want to do the will of the Father. I want to enter into that divine intimacy that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ had with the Father every day of my life. Lord Jesus, take me by the hand into the deep, into that deep divine intimacy that you experienced with the Father in me, with me, and through me.
2: That's so good no one has ever seen god the only son god who is at the father's side has revealed him and that goes back to what you're just saying jesus came to do the will of the father people would say can we see the father and jesus would say if you've seen me you've seen him yep. it's like how, how is that what are you saying here he said i came to reveal him well if you came to reveal him let us see him well if you've seen me, you've seen him. Well, is that different? We want to see him. And he's, he's given him the answer. No one's seen him, but if you've seen me, then you've seen him. And I think that's part of what we get to do. As we go out, we're showing up to work, we're showing up to home, to our families, we're at the grocery store. We get to be his ambassador. We get to carry his presence. We get to point people to him, and we don't have to do it with wearing a special t-shirt or a lit-up sign over our head or even the words out of our mouth. It it doesn't need to be this grand, uh, hey, look at me moment. It's doing things the way that Jesus did them, serving people, uh, serving people uh, above all else, and also pointing people to him. it's It's through our actions, but it's really through our heart. He looks at our heart. And do we do we make mistakes? Yes, we all make mistakes. First one to raise my hand, make mistakes. But I also know that my heart will stay in the right place as I do things. So if I ever have to look back on a mistake, I'm going to look back and say, okay, I can see how oversight was in place there, but that didn't change my heart. That, I was not in a place where I was trying to do something with malice towards one person or another or a group i i i need to i need to sleep well at night so yeah i think that's part of how we bring christ to a situation how we reveal the father is really is our heart in the right place as we do things and then if mistakes are made along the way so be it that's fine we'll repent and turn away and and deal with those things but yeah, I think it's important for all of us, I'm speaking to myself here included, for all of us to make sure when we go into doing something, do it for the right reasons, do it with the right intentions, doing it with your heart postured in the right way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you know, in the scripture here, it tells us John testified to him. You know, like John the Baptist, each of us are called to testify to the Lord and for the Lord throughout our whole day's journey. I think about with the Stone Gables estate, which God entrusted me with multiple times, people say, oh, are you the owner? And I've got to stop and got to say, well, actually, we believe we're just the stewards, my wife and I, the caretakers. We believe God owns the property, and he chose us to entrust it to. That message, that testimony that points to not me, myself, and I, but points to God, that, that pierces their heart. They're like, wow. Really? That's what you believe? That's cool. That's, it's amazing the response that, I, that we get time and time again. But too many times we want to raise our hand and say, oh, no, no, yeah, yeah. Yep, I'm the owner. I got this. Yep, I did that. Yep. Stop. You can't do anything without God doing it in you, with you, and through you. And that's really clear and evident in this, in this gospel reading. So for me, I want to wake up every morning with a heart of gratitude. I want to thank the Father for the gift of the day, the opportunity to serve and to be a part of his creation, especially in this Christmas season. I want to wake up and rejoice that Jesus chose freely to be obedient to the invitation of the Father to come to this earth, to unite us up with all humanity, experience our temptations, our sufferings yet without sin, to lay a pathway out for us to follow Him eternally home to the eternal exchange of love. What greater love a man has than to lay down his life for his fellow man. Jesus laid down his life for me. I want to celebrate that. He came and united himself this Christmas season for me. Thank you, Lord. Help me to walk this walk out humbly and always be a signpost that points to you and never to me. So it's a
2: journey. Yeah, it's so good. And thinking of the Christmas season and the way that this opens up about in the beginning was the Word. Uh, We talked about it a little earlier just today. When the Holy Spirit comes upon the Word, Jesus is revealed. When the Holy Spirit comes upon Mary, Jesus is revealed. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, a, a, or a yielded vessel, Jesus is revealed. So the the power of the Holy Spirit on the Word of God shows Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit on Mary reveals Jesus. Also, the power of the Holy Spirit on us produces Jesus. It reveals Jesus. Um, so I think it's important for all of us to... Be open to the power of the Holy Spirit coming on us so that we can do what the Scripture is saying and reveal Jesus, reveal that light in the darkness. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of situations that need light. Uh, They might not know that they need light. They might not want light in them, but that light in the darkness, it brings healing into situations that
1: need healed. And if we look at the nativity story of of Jesus, you know, Mary and Joseph, in obedience to God, went to Bethlehem, the city of bread, because Jesus is the bread of life. And they knocked on the door of the inn, and they were told by the innkeeper, there's no room. My question to each and every one of you, as Jesus knocks on the door of your heart, is there room for him there? Because he wants to make his home with you. He wants to be born anew in your heart, in the manger of your heart. He wants to live in you, with you, and through you. St. John says it so well in the letter of the Galatians. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. That's the journey. I know for me, in this journey, especially as a Catholic, when I go and I receive the Eucharist, I always say this prayer, Lord Jesus, I invite you to impregnate me with your divinity, course through my body and purge from me anything that is not of you, and perfect in me anything that is. That one flesh union between the bridegroom and the bride of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who wants to live in us, with us, and through us, and permeate through us to the world, that moment of intimacy, of divine intimacy, heaven touching earth, is beyond human understanding. And I want to share that with the world. I want to share that with each and every one of these listeners. Don't underestimate who it is you receive. Don't underestimate the word that you're called to receive every day. Consume it. Digest it. We are what we eat. And let's be Christ in the world. Wow, that's precious. Um,
2: As we're around holiday season, I can't help but to just think about all the things that Change throughout a year. And if you're listening to this, I just want to speak a blessing over you that during this time, your heart would be comforted, that your home would be a home of peace, that the Lord Jesus Christ would have access to every room in your home the living room, the kitchen, the attic, the basement, the bedroom, the dining room, the front yard, and the backyard. And I I speak that over your hearts, over your homes. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, everyone.
1: Merry Christmas and God bless. Bye-bye.
0: Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection groups or how to start a Gospel Reflection group in your area and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717 367 Zero one zero zero. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make reflections from the heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717 367 0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.